Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So, as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block, allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25, and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router, And any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device, and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL Roundtable, hosted by Kevin DeVries, on its own EPL Roundtable feed. So just search EPL Roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now, on with the show. Good boys and girls, two-footed podcast on Friday, the 3rd of February, but being recorded on Thursday, the 2nd of Feb, because Guy's away for the weekend, and I can't be trusted to do this by myself. So we're recording today. So if anything crops up, if there's any news or anything, 
if anyone gets sacked or someone gets injured, uh, I'll try and cover it tomorrow on the Daily Red, which I can just about do myself. Other than that, uh, it'll be just a bit weird and I'm going to miss a bit of news. I also won't be here Monday because Monday is a bank holiday. And I won't be here Wednesday. I have to take care of a personal matter that may run into Thursday. So next week might be a little bit lacking, but we will be back with a vengeance then after that, uh, right up until Guy disappears off to Mexico to join a cartel. Uh, when is that, guys? Is that April that you're going? Uh, April 17th, to be exact. April 17th. He'll be indoctrined into the cartel on the 19th, and he will be running said cartel on the 23rd, and we'll all be retiring with guys' ill-gotten gains. Or either that, or you could buy Liverpool. That's what you could do. You could go over, take over a cartel, sell a load of stuff, and then come stuff. back and buy Liverpool. <laughs> I, like, I like stuff. It's a family uh, podcast. <laughs> um, today, I, so, I could be cheaper than John Henry. I'll teach, I'll teach that. <laughs> no contracts for anybody. Yes. Um... Today, we're just going to go through the 10 Premier League games that we have this weekend, uh, starting Friday night, running through to Sunday. I actually think it's a really good weekend of games. There's a couple that stand out as potentially really good games or really interesting games. There's one that stands out as a potential stinker, which I'm sure you can spot a mile away. Uh, But yeah, let's get stuck in. We shall get stuck in, and it does start... I was just going to say tonight, tomorrow night, technically on on the Friday, Chelsea against Fulham. Obviously, the uh, the derby for them. Um, again, I think we mentioned that when they played Tottenham, um, Fulham were the favourite for that game. I think Tottenham won in the end, if I remember correctly. Um, but I'd almost think similar. He obviously Chelsea have spent a bajillion pound in January, but that probably won't help in terms of finding a way of playing, etc. Whereas Fulham. Well, they have a way of playing, and it's very well settled, and the table shows that as well. Yeah, my, my hope here is that Mitrovic, Mitrovic has a good game and, and gives that Chelsea defence a lot of trouble. Um, I think we'll see Chelsea roll out many the new toy, so it should be quite interesting to see what, what lineup we get from Chelsea. Will Enzo start? Will Mudrik start? Will Noni Medecki be involved? Will Badishila keep his position in the team? So I am looking forward to seeing what Chelsea team we get. Fulham are only missing Cabano. He's out with an injury. Everybody else is fit at the moment. Chelsea are missing almost a full team. Broya is out. Pulisic is out. Hante is out. Sterling is out. Fafana is still out. Joe Felix is, this is his third game, I think, of his suspension. Zakaria is out. They're hoping that Chilwell and James will be good to go. They have been involved in team training, so they're hoping that they'll be good to go. And Mendy is still out. So it's a lot of players missing. And it's a lot of good players missing. And like I say, it is basically... It's a centre-back away from a full team. If you think Mendy in goal, James Chilwell as full-backs, Fafan as a centre-back, Kante and Zakaria in central midfield, Sterling and Pulisic as wingers, and then Broya and Joe Felix as strikers. It's a centre-back away from a full team worth of, play- worth of players that are either out or a, major- or, or a doubt in the case of uh, James and Chilwell. So like, that's a lot to be missing. 
And it goes well with them being 10th in the Premier League. They've won one of five. They've not looked good. They're struggling for goals. They've been decent defensively to their credit, but they have not been good this season. And it hasn't mattered whether it was Tuchel or whether it was Potter. The league form under Potter should be a real concern. Now, Fulham have lost their last two, but they were against uh, Spurs and Newcastle, you know, teams that are third and fifth at the moment. So I think they'll be confident enough going into this one. I think they can cause Chelsea problems. But with it being at home and with Chelsea unveiling some of the new toys, I think I'll back the Chelsea win. I think Mudrik could have a lot of joy on the left against the likes of Kenny Tete. I'm really looking forward to seeing Enzo in the Premier League. I think there's been a lot of discourse over the price, and I get it, but he's 22. He's one of the best midfielders in the world already. I saw the most nonsensical thing I've ever seen yesterday where someone said that Stefan Pesetic of Liverpool at 18 is better than Enzo was at 20. Don't mistake you not knowing who Enzo was when he was 20 for him not being tremendous at 20. He was outstanding at 20 for River Plate. So that's just ignorance more than anything. I'm going to back the Chelsea win. I think it's going to be a tough game for them, though. I'll go 2-1. Yeah, I think Fulham's given everyone tough games this season, haven't they? Um, But moving on to the Saturday, we have Everton against Arsenal on TV. Sean Dyche's first game. Yeah, Big Dyche has the shorts out, putting the players through bleep tests in February, which is uh, both unusual and not at all unusual, considering he's Sean Dyche. So Everton, no, sorry. So yeah, Everton first. They are without Andros Townsend and Nathan Patterson. They hope that James Garner could be back. Ben Godfrey could be back as well. Michael Keane is still ruled out. For Arsenal, no Gabby Jesus. Smith Rowe is still out, but they're hoping he'll be back soon. Thomas Partey, it looks like he could miss out. Uh, Reese Nelson is out and Mohamed Elneny, I think, is out for the season. Um, but they have Jorginho in now. They have Trossard. We'll see how they do with those players. This is going to be a much tougher game than it was a week ago because if Lampard was in charge, you would have fancied Arsenal to go there and win 4 or 5 nil. But new manager bounce, all these players are going to want to make a real impression under Dyche because he'll be fairly ruthless once he gets to summer, regardless of what division they're in. None of these players want to have a relegation on their CVs. None of them want to be tainted by that. I think Dyche will remind them of their responsibilities and the fact that there's much less money to be made if you're playing in the champion in the championship. I still think Arsenal will win. I'll go again to Arsenal, but I think Everton are going to give them a really tough game here. And I think it's going to be a physical game. And I'm not sure Arsenal will like the physical game, especially without Partey. It wouldn't surprise me if we see Granit Xhaka have a silly moment in this game because Everton will just get him riled up a little bit. But I still think Arsenal win the game 2-1. Yeah, I think Arsenal probably be favourites for every game. They've played them in, but Party's obviously a big miss. Um, Jorginho straight in. El Nenny's like, injured as well, isn't he? Yeah, it seems like the only choice they have is to put him straight in. Now, he's obviously a good player, but he's do- he doesn't have the same kind of physicality. He doesn't cover ground the same way. I mean, I saw a clip yesterday 
of him sprinting mm-hmm. and a referee sprinted past him. <laughs> and the referee then seemed to slow down as if he realized he was embarrassing him. Um, I think I think Onana could have a, a big influence on this game with his pace and power through midfield. I think there is a possibility for Everton to bully Arsenal a bit here. But Arsenal's football is so slick and so dialed in, and they've got really good weapons in Martinelli and Saka, and then Ketty is in good form, and Odegaard's playing exceptionally well. So I do think they'll be able to break down that that Everton defence. Although it is two-footed left, two left-footed centre mid, so do I back Everton? No, because of Devon. <laughs> um, but yeah, Arsenal favourites for that one. Moving on to the three o'clock kickoffs, uh, starting off at Villa, um, they welcome Leicester to Villa Park. Uh, Villa, again, under an IMRI, improved massively um, since the change, and Leicester are kind of stanky still, but they made a couple signings. Any. They don't scream out immediate impact, albeit I've never really I've never seen Tete outside of football manager, to be honest. Um Harry is the one that will probably make an immediate impact because he's well, he's an adult. And he's only twenty four, but he's a you know, he's a grown up coming in, having all you know, kind of made his name in the championship. Um Tete, it'll be an an adaptation period or an adaption period, whatever the right word is, to the Premier League. And Christensen's a very young left back arriving in a new country, so we'll I see. They signed him. <laughs> um, they they look so bad at the minute, though. I mean, they've lost. They lost four in a row, and then they finally got a draw last time out when they played Brighton, and it was a good draw. To their credit, it was a good draw, but it, it was a game they probably should have won because they were one up with three minutes left. And they've had a lot of those games this season where they go ahead and then throw it away. Villa are in good form. Uh, under Emery, they've turned things around. They're up to 11th in the league. They're only a point behind Chelsea and Liverpool. They have played the same number of games as Chelsea. So they've really turned things around. They've won three of their last four. They have a few injury issues, obviously. Diego Carlos is still out. John McGinn is still out. Uh, Luca Dini is a doubt. Jed Steer is out, but he wouldn't play anyway. Leicester always have injury issues. James Justin, Johnny Evans, Ricardo Pereira, and Bubakar Bubakari Samore, and Ryan Bertrand are out. And Didi they hope to have back, and Vardy is probably a week away. So they've got a lot of injuries. So largely because of that, and largely because Villa right now look a much better team than them. I'm going to go for Villa to win at home. And I'm going to go 2 0. Where are Leicester in the league? 18. Oh, they, they could end up in the relegation zone. Yeah, they're only three points off the relegation zone. Dearie me. I thought there was a little so, bit more of a go. Mm, so, like, the, even this weekend, they could end up in the bottom three if if results go against them in other places. They really could. We might have to go come back to this and work out at the uh, end of our predictions where people are. Um, one of those other teams in a relegation uh, battle is Southampton, who go to Brentford. Um, Brentford, obviously, been one of the better other teams. That's probably disrespectful, but I'll roll with that. Um, undefeated in the last five, very impressive. And it's not like they played scrubs as well, Drew, with Tottenham. Beat West Ham, beat Liverpool, Bournemouth, 
drew with Leeds, probably a disappointing mm. result, if anything. So, yeah, Brentford's probably one of the form teams in the league, if not the form team other than Arsenal. Yeah, and they and they're playing really good football as well, which is which is an added bonus for them. Um this is a tough game because Southampton have a bunch of new players in. Now, will they be ready to go in time? Possibly not. But they at least have a new goal scoring threat, and Sulemana will give them a real exciting lift in wide areas. I said before, I think there's a really good team at Southampton. I just don't it's not it's a really good team in theory, and it's a really good team in maybe two years. For now, it's a lot of young players, and I'm not sure it's the right manager. Um, Brentford are the form team. Going into the game, Brentford, no uh, no Onyeka, no Janssen, and Baptiste is a doubt. Southampton, no Larius, no Gineppo, no Walker-Peters, which is a big blow. No McCarthy and no Livermento. So I'm guessing James Bree starts at right back and Perot starts at left back. But Perot got two goals in the cup last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um it wouldn't surprise me if he throws in if he throws in the, the new lads for this one and just says, you know what, we we've bought them, we have to go for it. And plays the big man up front and Suleiman on the left wing. I'm saying the big man because I can't think of how to pronounce the name. Onahu. Onahu. I think it's Onahu. I could be wrong. We'll wait for the um, commentators. We'll wait for the commentators to get it, to, to gift us the name, and then I'll still get it wrong. Um, I think this is going to be a really exciting game. I actually think this is one of the better games of the weekend in terms of potential excitement. But I am going to go for a Brentford home win. I'm going to go 3-2. Yeah, I think that could be fun. Uh, Southampton, uh, uh, we've mentioned for basically since we've been doing this podcast and any podcast in existence, they're unpredictable in both performance and how the hell we predict them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so. That could be fun. Um, moving on, Brighton against Bournemouth. Obviously, Bournemouth, almost similarly to Southampton, bought a lot of people. I'm mm. not sure how it all fits together, but it'll be exciting to see, whereas Brighton did sign just the one on deadline day, was it? Yeah, the Swedish midfielder, but I, I don't think he's going to be... I don't think he's going to play in this yeah. game. I think he's he's one they've bought to develop and probably next season. Breaking case of transfer glass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, when, when when Caicedo goes, I think Ayari comes into the team. Um, they did buy Buenanote from... Has um, he arrived? He has arrived now. Right, and okay. he was away with the Argentinian team at the under-20 South American cup or whatever it's called. Didn't they do dreadful? They did dreadful, yeah. They were awful. And I think Mascherano has offered to resign as a result, but they want to keep him. Um, So he might be back in time for this one. So we might get to see him. Do you think he's closer than saying Cecil, who we've seen bits and bobs of, but I haven't seen any of his Cecil's had a couple of games this season. He's he's, he's done fairly well. He he scored for their under-21s during the week. He's got a header. Um, I'd like to see him get some opportunities. Obviously, they tried to buy a striker. They tried to buy Vitinha, mm-hmm. and he he decided to go to Marseille because, well, they think he'd be fair, bad fair guys. <laughs> I'd go. I'd rather live in Marseille. Although Brighton, I, I lived in Brighton. Brighton is an amazing place to live, but uh, the weather in in Marseille is going to be a little bit better. And they they are a bigger club, to be fair. Though Brighton are a much better run club. 
Uh, Bournemouth are without loads of players. So no David Brooks. He's still working his way back, and that's fine. You take your time with him. Lewis Cook is out. Uh, Tavernier is a doubt. Ryan Fredericks is a doubt. Stanislas is a doubt. Solanke, they're hoping he's back, but we'll wait and see. And Philip Billing, they're hoping he's back as well, but again, wait and see. For Brighton, no motor, but he'll be back the end of this month, and that's going to be a huge, huge lift for them because he's really good. Levi Colwell's out for a couple of weeks. Alexis McAllister's suspended, and that's a big blow. Uh, no Lalana. Oh. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. Wenonote suffered cervical spine and skull trauma God. during the match against Portugal. He's in good condition and under observation while pertinent studies are carried out. That's horrendous. I missed that completely. Hopefully it's just... Hopefully that's the translation coming from from Argentina and it's just been translated literally and it's not as serious. Hopefully it's just a concussion or something maybe. A back Uh, issue or something. Yeah, and not anything too serious. Uh, Evan Ferguson's going to be out for a little while I think with that ankle injury. So Brighton are going to be short-numbered, but they are at home, and Bournemouth are missing a lot of players. But I am excited to see Bournemouth. I want to see Zabarni in the Premier League. I'm really excited for that signing. I think that's one of the better signings anyone's made in the window. I really want to see Hamad Traore play as well. So I think this is going to be a good game. I'm going to back Brighton to win because they're at home. I assume Caicedo comes back in. Having you'll, been have, told you'll have to by the sounds of it. But yeah, this is a... They're missing a bunch of players. Now, maybe a Yarny will get a call-up because they're missing so many players. Who but, um, in midfield? Uh, Pascal Grouse. Yeah, he plays everywhere, doesn't he? And that's kind of it. Grouse, Caicedo, put Lamptey at right back, or Veltman, who came on and did well the other day. Yeah, you, know, you, could, I mean, you could move Solly, Solly March around as well because he can kind of play anywhere. Um, they'll find they'll find ways yeah. to make it work. They will find ways to make it work. They could put Sanchez in midfield and make it work. It's that sort of team. Yeah, to be fair, um, they've got a really good manager, and I, I expect him to set them up well. So I'll go, I'll go two one to Brighton, but I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, Man United, Crystal Palace, who I believe have played each other seventy five times in the last week. Um, did they draw? I can't remember what the results were. Did they beat them in the cup and then draw in the league, or was it the? They order? drew in the league. I think they beat them in the cup, didn't they? Are you? Yeah. Not, was it the United FA beat, Cup or the League Cup? United beat Palace in the in the FA Cup, did they not? I think they did. Manchester United. I'm almost certain they beat them in the FA Cup. No, they didn't play them in the FA Cup. They didn't play them in either cup. They played. Everton and Reading in the FA Cup. They now have West Ham. They played Villa, Burnley, Charlton and Nottingham Forest. I thought they played them twice. I swear they played twice. That's a Mandela effect or something. That's weird. Yeah, they drew 1-1 in the league. I thought they played twice. Oh, well, maybe not. Um, Right, Palace. No Anderson. No MacArthur. No Zaha, which is a huge blow. No Nathan Ferguson. He's been out all season. Uh, for United, no Donny, no Eriksson, no McTominay. Uh, Butland can't play because he's owned by Palace, but he wouldn't be playing anyway. Delow, they're hoping, is back soon, and Greenwood obviously is 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 in jail or wherever he is. Um, 
United are at home. I think that's the big the big advantage here. So I'm going to back United to win. I'll go 3-1 to United. I do think they've got some flaws defensively. I think that Palace can exploit them, but I'll go 3-1 to United. And uh, we might as well take our break here. That's five <laughs> games, I think. So that's is that six games we've done? Uh, one, two, six. Three, we've done. Four, yes, yeah, six. Yeah, we'll we'll take a break here. We'll come back, pretend the next game isn't happening, and then focus on the other three. So we'll see you in a sec. Right, welcome back. So, uh, purposely took a break before we had to talk about this game. So, guy, what have we got next? Uh, I'm guessing this is the bad game you mentioned in the this intro. This smells of a stinker. <laughs> uh, we have Wolves against Liverpool in a relegation six-pointer. Um, <laughs> not yet, it's, but we're a few weeks away. Um, well, put it this way. Wolves are only 12 points behind Liverpool, who are 10 points behind Manchester United. So they're all, Liverpool are almost as close to the bottom four as they are the top four. Apparently, uh, it we, came out without VAR, without VAR this season. Liverpool would be six points off the relegation zone. Isn't that just ridiculous? <laughs> Jesus. And without Alison Becker, we would be 25th in the Premier League. Yeah, very much so. So, uh, no Chiquinho, no Neto, no Kalasic, no Bubakar Traore for Wolves. No anybody for Liverpool. No Diaz, no Arthur, no Jota, no Canate, no Firmino, no Van Dijk. Uh, probably no Fabio Carvalho, and Nat Phillips has a cold, uh, but should be okay. So Liverpool missing a lot of players. Liverpool in poor form. I've lost two of the last three, no wins in their last three. Look, a shambles, have been a shambles against both Brentford and Brighton. We're not particularly good against Chelsea. We're not good against Wolves in the two cup games, though the second one was much better than the first one. The hope here is that Klopp sticks with the same midfield and goes with Keita, Besetic and Thiago. The fear here is that Klopp goes with Henderson. And if he does that, then I think Liverpool will lose. If he goes with the proper midfield, I think they can win this game. I think Darwin Nunes needs to come back into the team. I think Harvey Elliott needs to have himself a bit of a sit. Salah, Gakpo, Nunes. I, I would rather it be Nunes to the middle and Gakpo off the left. If I'm being honest, um, what in their actual positions? In their in their actual positions. That, that's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the key here, Jurgen. Is play players in their actual positions and let's see what they can do. Um, what Wolves obviously had a very active transfer window and made some decent signings. So looking forward to seeing some of them again. Um. I'm going to go 2-1 Wolves because I don't trust Klopp to pick the team correctly at the moment. Not not generally, but just at the moment. I have a feeling he'll start Harvey Elliott and I have a feeling he's going to start Henderson because Henderson's probably had a bit of a tantrum having been left out for so long. So I am going to go 2-1 to Wolves. And I think the main worry is, even if he does start the right team, he's got to sub people on. <laughs> we- yeah. We oh, saw yeah. the uh, Chelsea game and the other games. Um, it just, as soon as subs, well, the Brighton game and the cup was was the one. As soon as subs came on, it just got worse every time. Every time we made the sub, it got progressively worse. So basically, we've got eleven players we can trust. Uh, no, twelve. 
Darwin. Darwin was on the bench. We've got 12. Yeah. We can trust. Um, and even he forgot how to play football last week. Um, yeah, that, that game's going to be stinky, and I'm so glad I'm away for it. But moving on to the late kickoff, um, I am in Newcastle, so it's good that there's a game on, so it'll be busy as hell. Do we have Newcastle against West Ham? Um, West Ham seemed to have... Obviously, it's Everton, and it was Derby in the Cup, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, Derby in the Cup. So Possibly the two easiest hand-picked opponents possible, but at least they won the games, whereas Newcastle, goals have dried up, but you still can't score past them. No, defensively, they're still outstanding. Um, but like you said, the goals have dried up a bit. Uh, one win in their last four, and that was a, a very, very, very late goal against Fulham in a game in which Mitrovic scored a penalty and it was disallowed because it hit both his feet. Um, in any other On any other day, they probably draw that game because the Mitrovic penalty is allowed. They might even have lost the game. So... Toon are going to be on a high having qualified for their their first final in since the, the 90s. Um, they're at home. I, I would expect them to be well up for the game. Now, no Gamerish. Uh, he's suspended. No Javier Menquillo. No Isak. He's out again. He felt a bit groggy after taking the ball to his head. So he headed the ball and got a concussion. Um, Matt Target is out and Emil Kraft is out. Uh, for West Ham, no Cornet. Skimak is still out. Zuma's out and Danny Ings is out. So that's not great. Um, there's no, there's no question here for me. This is a home win. I think Newcastle will score at least two against West Ham, who just to me at the moment look a little bit lost. I'm going to go 2 0. 2 0 to West Ham. Now, I will say Bowen has found a bit of form of late. Mm-hmm. which they desperately need. They could really do with their captain and, you know, midfielder who tells us all he's been playing really well for the last few years and belongs at a Champions League club. They could re- really do with him starting to play well because he's been atrocious this season. Him and Bowen had stank the place out up until Christmas. Bowen has found form in January. They could do it right doing the same, but I think I think Newcastle will be a step too far. Although the Gamerish thing is... That's a big blow. That's a big, big blow. But I'll still go for the Newcastle win. Yeah, it's almost it was almost weird that Shelby went, but I suppose it's only three. Was it three games, two games? I don't know what he got sent off for. Three, three games, games, yeah. <sighs> anyway. They have long staff. They'll be all right. Yeah. I'm sure they can just dig up anyone and put them in midfield. Um, yeah, I think West Ham. If, if, if Newcastle score, I think they'll win, which sounds very Michael Oidey. Um, but I can't see West Ham scoring more than one. Um, yeah. Moving on to Sunday, then we have Forest against Leeds. I'm sure this was a big game in the 90s um, and the previous. Uh, Forest, obviously, I don't know what their last result was. They have improved two, two draws and two wins in the last four, whereas Leeds, I think statistically, are doing quite well. Results-wise... Not so much. Not so much. But I think this should be a fun game. Obviously, Nottingham Forest signing another 200 people and letting another 200 people go, so more fun for them. Uh, Whereas Leeds obviously signed a good few as well, so some new faces in this one. Yeah, two busy windows for these teams. Um, Lots of injuries on both sides. 
So for Forrest, Awani, Richards, Henderson, Niakata, Biancone, Coyate, and Gibbs White all ruled out. Morgan Gibbs White being out is a massive blow. Ryan Yates, Chris Wood, and Jack Callback are all sick, but they're hopeful that they'll have them back. For Leeds, Forshaw, Gray, Somerville, Cock, and Dallas are all out. Uh, Cooper has a knee issue, and Tyler Adams had a knock, but they're hopeful that both of them will play. Leeds haven't won in the last five, but they are playing good football. And like you said, Forrest have won two and drawn two of the last four. So they've really turned things around. And they're on an upward trajectory. Um, They're missing so many players, though. And Gibbs White is such a big... He has been tremendous for them. I think I'm going to go for the away win here. I think I'm going to go for a Leeds win. I will. I'll go 2-1 Leeds. I, I, I fancy Leeds to win this game. They are due, I think. They are due a win. They are absolutely due a win. And I think adding Weston McKenney to midfield as well. That's it. A lot more power and pace in midfield. They got in uh, Jorginho Ruter with more pace up front. Wober improves them defensively. Yeah, I I think I'm going to go for the Leeds win. Yeah, I think think it's weird with Leeds because sometimes they're infuriatingly bad. Oh, it just depends. It depends if Bamford's playing, doesn't it? That's the main thing. Yeah, it's something they've still. I don't think they've still not addressed, which is unless Ruta can. But he seems more of a off second striker or wide man to, from the bit. Yeah, that's seen basically it. He's he's not actually a number nine. They might try and convert him, but he's not a number nine. And they've let Gelhart go on loan. So they're playing Rodrigo up front quite a bit, and he's not a striker either. He's kind of a nine and a half. They need mm-hmm. to get Bamford back in the team. And I think once he's in the team, he will score goals because that's what he does. But it needs to happen soon. Yeah. I think they'll stay up either way, but it shouldn't be this uncomfortable. That's probably how I'd word that. Uh, who do we have next? Spurs against Man City. I should hopefully be back in time to watch this. Um, Spurs obviously managerless for this game with Conte uh, getting surgery. Mm. Um, Man City... Letting Cancelo go, which kind of came as a shock, but having once you fall out with Pep, it's you donezo basically. Um, didn't replace him, didn't sign anyone. Um, whereas Spurs obviously got Pedro Porro, who um should be interesting to see because obviously wing backs are a big part of Conte's system. With obviously Hakimi at um, at Inter and. Victor Moses at Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but it should be interesting to see. Thing is, I don't think Emerson Royale is that dreadful. I was going to say a competent person there. but he, Emerson of... Royale is a good fullback, but he's not a wingback. He struggles to play as a wingback, but as a, as a right-back in a four, he's fine. Poro is a big upgrade as a wingback. He's a natural wingback, and he'll fit in much better into this team. But I do think he'll give them a new threat then that side. Mm. Richarlison, they're hoping, will be back. So that would be huge for them to get him back. Uh, would it be Matar, huge? Star, he's not been great. Well, he's not been very good, but at least it's an option. <laughs> at least it's an option. Uh, Papi Matarsar and Lucas Moura are both out for Spurs. The only one out for City is John Stones because they're hoping that Phil Foden 
will be back. They really need Foden to get back and get back in the team because Grealish has been dreadful. Uh, I know he's had a couple of assists, but he has been yeah. poor. To be They're at least, at least Mares has turned up, I think. Of... Mares is playing well. Haaland has refound some form. De Bruyne is playing well. Gundogan's playing well. No Conte in the dugout, I think, is a big one here. I think not having Conte is huge. Now, Spurs have given City problems over the last couple of seasons. But they played recently. Spurs went two up. And then City came back and wiped the floor with them in the second half. I am going to back City to win here. I'm going to say they win 3-1. Yeah, I think that's a logical thing. But Spurs, just again, if Son turns up, could be different. But he hasn't really turned up at all this season. Hasn't turned up all season. He played well in the Cup game. But that was against lower league opposition, so they need him to turn up big time. Yeah. Um, but that is it. That is our 10 games. I know it's a short pod, but we will leave it there. And we will be back on Tuesday to catch up with the weekend's games. And then next week, we'll just have to play it by ear and see what happens. But thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you to Guy. Enjoy your weekend off. Don't do anything too foolish, Guy. And uh, we'll see you Tuesday. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.